0: Hey everybody, it's Nick Reed in the morning show on KSGF 104.1. I am not Nick Reed, I'm James Clary with Katie at the board. We're having a good morning, taking your phone calls, doing all kinds of fun stuff. Let's see what's going on in the local news. And from the first alert forecast today, we've got a 20% chance for showers after 5, otherwise cloudy with a high near 44 Tonight, we have a 50% chance of rain and snow showers. Well, wow, maybe snow. Cloudy with a low around 30. Wednesday, a chance of snow showers before noon. Then a chance of rain and snow showers. Mostly cloudy with a high near 35. And I am James Clary. We actually might get some snow. That's kind of cool. So we spent the first hour, me rambling. That's generally how we'll spend the next two hours. But we're talking about, We're talking about a lot of things, but really just trying to get to the root of, you know, who's behind what's happening, what is the actual thing that's happening, and what's going to happen in the future. And like I mentioned, I try and use history as a guide because you can be sure if something's happened in the past that it's very likely to happen again and if if you look at other countries i'm just i'm watching this tv i'm sorry i'm fascinated there's riots right yesterday in the middle of christmas there were massive riots in new york city that were pro-palestinian now let me ask you something Love to give your opinion on this. Do you want to give it to me? Call us at four four seven five seven four three. 5743 Do you think that these are just generic riots that just happen? Same thing with George Floyd. Do you think that it was just a garden variety, right? Oh, they see this guy get killed. Then we're gonna we're gonna write, we're gonna hit the streets, burn and loot half of the country. No. These are very well organized by NGOs who are very well funded by the same—I'm just going to call them Marxists because that's what they are. At least for the time being, they're using the tenets of Marxism and communism to further their goals. People like Soros. Yes, Soros is the first one that comes to mind, but there's many more— when you start digging into any of these events, you'll find that they're generally funded by some group. And, and they always have these names that sound like saving America for democracy. Some idiotic name like that. that sounds, oh, well, that sounds like a good who doesn't want to save America. Who doesn't want to save democracy, even though we're not a democracy, by the way, is I know the listeners of Nick's show know the word constitutional republic. But these riots are part of the plan. You know, they're pushing us. They're pushing us to a civil war. Nothing would make, let's just call it the deep state, happier than for actual violence to break out. I mean, I find it almost amazing that diehard MAGA Trump supporters haven't resorted to violence. I mean, the historical significance of indicting a former president when the current president in office is obviously a criminal, a corrupt criminal, and the former is just a businessman and indicting him and then taking him off the ballot in Colorado, I mean, guys... I honestly don't think, I don't think they ever thought in a million years or think that part of their plan is that they could literally get Trump off the ballot. And I think the plan is just to rile his base up to make another mistake like we did on January 6th. Although I'm not sure it could have been avoided, January 6th that is. You know, you start firing flashbangs and tear gas from a certain direction, it will move the crowd in the opposite direction. And it just so happened on January 6th, they did that and they fired into the crowd so they would move towards the Capitol where you had a bunch of other Capitol police waving them inside. Now, we know, look, I know the listeners of this show know that was a Fed but But it's important to call it out because the media and the Democrats and the rhino Republicans, which is the majority of the Republican Party, still cling to that false notion that there was a riot, and insurrection on January 6th. It's a bunch of hooey. I'm James Clary. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Nick Reed in the morning show. I am your host, James Clary. Filling in for my buddy Nick at Katie at the boards. We're taking your phone calls if you want to get in on the show. Give us a call at four four seven five seven four three. As a matter of fact, we got someone on a hold, Larry from Stratford. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay.
1: Uh, you're talking about uh, Palestinians and stuff like that. Um, I've had a long interest in uh, Islam and um, that sort of thing, with the leftover from nine eleven. Mm-hmm. It's like fifteen years ago I got heavy into it. I have like six or seven books uh, on um islam stuff mm-hmm. and also um i'm now revisiting well also plus hundreds of articles etc anyway um i'm revisiting some of that now but anyway with the palestinians i recently found out something i did not know and this comes from robert spencer he he worked for i believe the cia for years he was involved with the terrorists before nine eleven. yeah but in his uh latest books are I read one of his books years ago. His latest book, I have, "The History of Jihad: From uh, Muhammad to ISIS." Uh, he mentioned about the Palestinians. Uh, the Palestinians are only about uh, sixty years old. Uh, they were created by the KGB, Russia, back in the early '60s, um, and that kind of blew me away because um, before that, Palestinian meant the whole region. You know, right. Certain. Uh, uh, Syrians were Palestinians, uh, Jordanians were Palestinians. Uh, Jewish people over there were also considered Palestinians.
0: Yeah, the so Greater I mean, Palestine, just to interject, was a British yes. colony, basically Greater Palestine. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, the pal- the word Palestinians, a, a made up name,
1: and and the uh, KGP, uh, KGB. KGB people, Mm -hmm. when the Soviet Union fell apart, they, they interviewed, uh, were in, in their interviews, they were laughing basically how easy it was to create this distinct, small, little, tiny Palestinian people against this evil, awful Israel and how the West fell for it. Um, and it was, you know, created, you know, in, you know, but by in Moscow, basically they dreamt it up, um. And also, I found out that um, Yasser Arafat was the nephew of the Mufti of Jerusalem, who was heavily involved in the Holocaust in World War II. Wow! And we think of the Holocaust, we think all that was just you know Nazis, you know extermination of the Jews. But uh, the Mufti of Jerusalem was uh, heavily involved. He actually lived in Germany from 41 to 1944, and. Um, yeah, I was just, like, amazed about this Palestinian thing. Um,
0: that's really cool, and I want to say kudos to you for actually doing the research because we need more people like you, Larry, that take the time to read this stuff because people just watch the 30-second news, and they think that they're, you know, informed, and they're just not. So thank you very much for your call, Larry. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. It really is. It, Once again, I mean, the whole theme of this show we've been talking about is that everything is contrived. Now, when I say everything, I'm obviously being a little bit flippant. But when it comes to the media, honestly, if you're looking for truth, I think you would be better served that any position on a major story that the New York Times, Washington Post, CNBC or MSNBC reports on take the opposite position and you're likely to find the truth. And I should have mentioned Fox, too, because Fox is another one. I know we're a Fox affiliate. I'm talking primarily the Fox Television. They're all in collusion. I'm James Clary. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's the Nick Reed in the Morning Show. I'm your host, James Clary, filming for Nick Reed. You can find me, by the way, uh, on this very station, KSGF. Go to KSGF.com, click the drop-down menu, and search podcasts, and you'll find mine, which is called Clary, C-L-A-R-Y, Clarification, see that clever play on words. Anyway, we've uh, we had a good show so far. Had some great calls. We just had a call from Larry that was talking about he's been studying the Islamic religion and that the Palestinians, so-called Palestinians, were really, came into being 60 years ago and that was the KGB op. I have no doubt that's true. And it it got me thinking, though, his phone call did, about uh, about the KGB and their influence in America. Now, I don't think what you're seeing today is necessarily KGB. The KGB is no more. The Soviet Union fell, and Russia is an independent country. But the groups that want to control the West— which in the past would have KGB would have been a part of it. These groups are still very active, and it, it reminded me of another interview. I told you to go watch the uh, Norman Dodd interview by G. Edward Griffith. G. Edward Griffith has done some of the most salient and important interviews in history. And in 1984, he did an interview with a former high-ranking, KGB official who had defected to the United States. It was a guy named Yuri Bezmenov. And if you've never seen it, I would suggest you watch it because it it really sums up what's happening in our country and the West in general today. And basically what Bezmenov said is that there was a long-term plan And that's very, very important, long term, put into play by Russia to defeat America and the West through psychological warfare and demoralization. It's a long game that takes decades to achieve. But you can see, now remember, this interview was done in 1984. And when I tell you, lay out the heart of that interview, you'll see that, oh my gosh, that's exactly what's happening now. Most of the work, Bezanov said, 85% of it was a slow process, which, and here I'm quoting now, which we call either ideological subversion, active measures, or psychological warfare. So he explained that the most striking thing about ideological subversion is that it happens in the open, and it's seen as a legitimate process. You can see it with your own eyes, he said. The American media would be able to see it if they just focused on it. But I think they're part of it. You know, in 1984, it wasn't so clear. You know, in 1984, well, I think Walter Cronkite was still on the air. I mean, we, most of us trusted the media. <clears throat> but when you've been lied to over and over and over and over, you know, the media... Trust is at the lowest it's ever been. So, Bessonard said it basically means to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite the abundance of information. No one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. Sensible conclusions. Common sense. Why has Donald Trump hit such a nerve? Why do people like Vivek Ramaswamy hit a nerve with many people? Not in a bad way. People enjoy what they're saying. Why is that? Because common sense tells us that a man can't be a woman. Common sense tells us that people should be judged by their character and not their skin color. Common sense tells us that women have certain strengths and weaknesses and that men have certain strengths and weaknesses but they're different they're not the same we all know this it's common sense but in spite of that we're now told that a man who puts on a dress and calls himself a woman is a real air quotes real woman you see this was the plan put in by the KGB. Well, like I said, <clears throat> the plan's still ongoing. Now, to get exact names of who run it, I mean, you can, you can look at organizations like the World Economic Forum, the World Bank, WHO, the World Health Organization. So he went on, Yuri Bezmenov described the process as a great brainwashing. And it has four stages. The first stage is called demoralization, which takes 15 to 20 years to achieve. So Bezanoff was interviewed in 84. Let's say they, I think they started this in the late 60s, let's say 1970. So when he was interviewed, it had already been going on for 14 years. So according to him... It's the minimum number of years it takes to re-educate one generations of students that is normally exposed to the ideology of its country. In other words, it takes that much time to change the way people are thinking. And the first place you've got to start, if you, if you know this is going to take 15 to 20 years, we want to change the way people think. Where do you start? The schools and the home. There's been a double-edged sword attack on our education system. We've all seen it. We pour more and more money into the elementary and secondary education and test scores keep going down. The universities, we have more access to information than any other generation in history of the globe. Yet kids are dumber and dumber. And they come out thinking a certain way. Now... If you raise your children properly and get them to learn the skill of critical thinking and logic, they can resist that. Most of my boys, both of my boys went to Mizzou. and If you remember, the University of Missouri was right in the middle of that George Floyd stuff. So the first stage that Beznov talked about was demoralization. And that involves re-educating the populist. We'll get into the rest of Bezanov's interview when we come right back. Hey, everybody. I love the Beach Boys. It's James Clay, Nick Reed in the Morning Show, filming for my buddy Nick. We got Sarah Myers back on the board. Hey, what's, thank
2: you. What's up, buddy? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Do you have a good holiday?
0: Yeah, it was fun. Oh, it was good. fun. Did Not, you do a lot
2: of uh, cooking?
0: I didn't do that much. You know what I did make? Martha Stewart's Christmas Sugar Cookie Recipe. Ooh. Now, you look most sugar cookie recipes, you just make the dough, plop it on, throw mm-hmm. them. This, you've got a flattening disc, chill it overnight, roll it out to a certain thickness, chill it again. But I'm telling you, it is worth it. The effort.
2: That sounds delicious. And I'm yeah. very disappointed that there are no here can't in the studio.
0: I well, if I'd woken up in an hour, I would have brought some for
2: you. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the weather? Uh, okay, so we've got the first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. That is sponsored by Wolfpack Cleaners, your residential and commercial cleaning professionals. Today, we have a 20% chance for showers after 5 p.m., otherwise, cloudy skies with a high near 44. Tonight, we have a 50% chance for rain and snow showers cloudy with a low around Thursday or 30 and Wednesday we have a chance of snow showers before noon and then a chance of rain and snow showers once again and then mostly cloudy skies with a high near 35 and really quick I need to tell you about my friends over at Avis the car rental company you know The new year is coming up, and so probably you're coming up with some new year's resolutions. And one of the things that oftentimes makes that list is purchases. You know, maybe you're thinking about purchasing a new home, maybe uh, a trailer, or maybe a new vehicle. And if a new vehicle is on that list for you, I recommend that you check out Avis, the car rental company, and their long-term rental program. Now, this long-term rental program, it was created to bridge that gap between buying a vehicle and leasing a vehicle. It's a great opportunity if you Looking to purchase a vehicle, but you've got a couple of uh, makes and models in mind, and you really want to do an ultimate test drive before you actually sign on that dotted line. And the long-term rental program allows you to. test multiple uh, vehicles um, without making that commitment. And the best part is uh, you don't have to worry about any trips to the DMV and you don't have to worry about vehicle maintenance as well. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program, just swing by the Avis store. It's located off of Fort and Sunshine here in Springfield. And always, you can find all of the contact information for Avis, the car rental company, under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com.
0: Thank you, Sarah. I am James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed. We're talking about a really important interview by G. Edward Griffith of Yuri Bezmenov, a former KGB agent. And he described how a long-term plan had been put into effect in the late 60s, early 70s by the then Marxist Soviet Union. And that it's basically a plan to take down America. And, you know, look, Khrushchev even said this. Former leader of the Soviet Union, uh, Nikita Khrushchev, said we will take down America without ever firing a shot. I mean, they're completely open about it. So he said the first stage is called demoralization, Then it takes 15 to 20 years. He used the examples of the 1960s hippie, the hippies coming to positions of power in the 80s. So think about that. That hippie culture, and I grew up in that, was all about peace, love. They did communes. Remember Charles Manson's little group lived in a commune. Well, what's the root word of communist? Commune. It's a collective. It's where everybody is supposedly equal. So these people came into power, the people that were born in the 50s, mid to late 50s, early 60s, they came into power in the 80s. These people are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You can't change their mind even if you expose them to authentic information. Even if you prove that white is white and black is black. You still, you cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. Demoralization is a process, according to Brezhnev, that is irreversible. He actually, in 1984, Brezhnev thought that the first stage demoralization was pretty much complete. He said it would take another generation or another couple of decades to get people to think differently. And uh, he's absolutely right. It's already happened. You can't, the rabid liberals, I, I wish this was a better term. I mean, really, they're, they're status. They're part of the collective. He went on to say these, this group, that it doesn't matter how much true information you expose them to. Person who's demoralized, unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him even if you shower them with information with authentic proof with documents with pictures with videos even if you took them to the soviet union and showed them a concentration camp they would refuse to believe it until somebody literally gets kicked in the cojones with the military boot then they'll understand but not before that That's the tragedy of demoralization. And I I think it is so easy to see this. Look how we are in tribes and different factions, left versus right, Palestinian versus Israel. Those kids, and they're mainly kids, these pro-Palestinian rioters in New York yesterday. They're a product of American universities. So step Two in this process to take over America without ever firing a shot is called destabilization. And this one's really going to get home. During this two to five year period, what matters is the targeting of essential structural elements of a nation. The economy, foreign relations and defense systems. The group trying to take down the U.S., would look to destabilize every one of those areas in the United States, considerably weakening it. Think about that. The economy, our debt, our debt, when George Bush junior first took office was five trillion by the end of his two terms eight years it had ballooned to 10 trillion it's now 35 trillion so in the history of all the presidents of all the united states we had a debt of five trillion then eight years later it had doubled and since then it's quadrupled i think we're at 33 trillion That's an intentional Congress and the Fed. They don't have to spend that money. They could balance the budget. But no, when you have these agents of chaos, and I definitely look to the U.S. military and their partners in the defense industry as a big part of it. Big pharma as well. We'll talk about that in a whole lot more when we come right back. Hey everybody, it's Nick Reed in the morning show. I'm so glad Sarah Myers is back. She she just noticed we got to get this Christmas. Yeah, out don't of. let
2: me forget after the show. I got to swap it out.
0: We will do that. We will absolutely remind you of that. So we're talking about the master plan to destabilize the U.S. And the source I'm using is a high KGB, the former... Soviet Union secret police, a high-ranking official who defected, named Yuri Bezunov. and he talked about the four different stages. The first one is demoralization, which has already happened. You've got generation, two generations almost, of younger people that think the U.S. is crap, basically, and that they don't, you know, they don't believe in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and then the second stage is called destabilization and we talked about the the debt and the destabilization runs through all of society and all cultural think about it the marxist light is everywhere it's in the nba the nfl it's in every big business it's in every tv commercial you see i mean i know you guys see it like i do They want you to think it's natural that, say, for instance, minorities, POCs, people of color, make up 90 percent of the population. Because if you watch commercials, 90 percent, I'm probably exaggerating, but it's at least 60, 70 percent of the main actors in television commercials are minorities. You know, and on one hand, I think it's great, but it's it's not a true representation of our society. You know I think blacks make up 12 13%. Uh, Hispanics another 10. White Anglo-Saxon people are still a very small majority but you know all that's changing it's all such nonsense anyway but the fact that they intentionally do that that's part of the destabilization the third The third step in the KGB, I'll call them the deep state's bid to take over America, is called crisis. Bezhanov said it would take only six weeks to send a country in crisis. The crisis would bring a violent change of power, structure, and economy and will be followed by the last stage, normalization that's when your country is basically taken over living under a new ideology and reality and i think we're there what was the crisis can you guess i would say that the main crisis but it's not just a crisis but the main one was 2001 the terror attacks now if you believe as i do that certain dark elements of our government were involved in that attack, it makes a lot, Bezmanov's thesis makes a whole lot more sense. What happened, we talked about this on clarification a couple weeks ago, that after 9-11, you get this, uh, this bill, this piece of legislation, which is thousands of pages long, and it's passed by Congress called the Patriot Act. It gave the government sweeping new powers to basically trample our constitutional rights. It's, that's the time, even though I think they were doing it before, but that's the time where it was out in the open that the intel, intel agencies can spy on Americans. You know, our Congress just reauthorized FISA even though, and what did they say in a month period, they found 280 violations. FISA is the secret court that was uh, started after 9-11 that allowed the, an intel agency, FBI, CIA, to go to this court and say, we need, a, we need to uh, surveil this person. And it has to be done in secret because, you know, supposedly they're fighting terror. What was the last crisis? COVID. Donald Trump threw a big monkey wrench into the the plan. At least I believe so. I know some people think he's part of it. But the crisis is followed by normalization. When your country is taken over and that you accept the new ideology and reality. They... They, same day we've been talking about, they want you to believe that a man can become a woman. They want you to believe that white people are all racist. They want you to believe that men and women are exactly the same. I mean, he talks about it. Look, this whole plan causes you to throw your common sense out the window and that no amount of information or pictures will change their mind. I got involved in a Twitter thread the other day, and it was a guy on the left and a guy I follow more on the right. They, I mean, literally probably each posted 40 to 50 times. And the guy on my side is trying to convince this other guy. And it's just... I I said to him, I'm like, dude, it's not going to happen. But then reading about this Bejmanov interview where he says, it doesn't matter how much information and facts you throw at the other side. Because by the time they've entered that demoralization stage, their brain, literally the structure of their brain has been changed to an extent where they'll never come back. I'm James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed. Oh my, Whoa, it never stops. It's Nick Reed in the Morning Show on 104.1 FM, Springfield's Talk Radio. I'm James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed. we got Sarah Myers at the board, and uh, we're going to be doing a uh, some recording for my show, Clarification, which you can find at ksgf.com. Hey, if you want to get in on the show today, give us a call 417-447-5743, that thats Four four seven five seven four three. We love to hear from you. So we're going to wrap up this uh, my synopsis of the Yuri Brezhnev interview. Now I know some of you have probably heard of this, but if you haven't, it's incredibly important that you watch this because he lays out. You remember, this interview was done in 1984. And he lays out exactly how these elements of the deep state were going to take over America. So he says this will happen to America unless it gets rid of people who bring it to a crisis. What's more, if people fail to grasp the impending danger of this development, nothing ever can help the United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom. It bears saying that when he made this statement, he was warning about baby boomers and Democrats of the time. He also, this, this is honestly the most terrifying excerpt. Here's what he had to say about what is really happening in the United States. It may think it is living in peace, our country, but it has been actively at war with Russia for some time. <clears throat> this is Brezhnev I'm quoting. Most of the American politicians, media, and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at the peacetime. False. The United States is in a state of war. Undeclared total war against the basic principle and foundations of that system. Man, this is so spot on. It's kind of frightening to think that he did this in 1984. And just think about uh, how relevant that is, that the year 1984, the title of George Orwell's famous book about a dystopian United States that was controlled by the state where people didn't have individual freedoms. This former KGB spy lays all this out in the very year 1984. I think it's I don't think that's happenstance. And it's frightening all we have to do. Look, nobody with any common sense denies that this is going on. You know, the big question is, what do we do about it? You know, I've interviewed a lot of people on my show, a lot of people that are very involved in the culture wars. And most of them, because I, I like to ask them that question, like Rachel Alexander, who was the former attorney for Maricopa County and got caught up in all the voter fraud, and the myriad, just the swampy issues that happened during the 2020 election in Arizona. And, you know, she and others that I've asked, I said, well, the first thing we have to do is just inform people. Because I know many of you, I know Nick Reed's listeners, Sarah knows them. We know how you feel. You feel like we do. And you know something's going on, but sometimes you can't quite put your finger on it. And I think the Bezmanov interview really helps shed some light on how and why this has been happening. We are at war. Yeah, it's a Cold War. It's an ideological war. But the, the ultimate gain of this, the ultimate goal, is a hot war. They want us to be at war. Look, think back to 2007 and the state of race relations. I mentioned that a lot, but I think it's really important. You know, I had the opportunity, I was brought up in a a home, I don't go too deep in this, but I was brought up with liberal democratic values, but I was taught that, you know, uh, everybody's created equal, that the color of their skin doesn't matter. I read the autobiography of Malcolm X when I was 13. My mother was doing her master's thesis on the lynching that happened here in Springfield, uh, I read a, a book called 100 Years of Lynchings, which was all newspaper accounts of lynchings that happened in the post-Civil War up to, like, 1950. And I had a very, 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 very strong feeling that the, the black people of this country had undergone just horrific things, and they had. But in two, by 2007, man, the South, I spent a lot of time in the South. You didn't see overt racism. And you still don't see it. And that was a good change. There's some changes, ideological changes that happen in society that are good things. You know, Martin Luther King's famous I had a dream speech. Was very, very close to being a reality in 2007. What happened in 2008? we get a new president barack obama and he it's so sad because he had the opportunity to finish the mending to completely heal the divide that had racked our country over race for centuries and instead he did the very opposite because he's trained In that Marxist drivel, that ideology that says we should judge people by their skin color because there's an oppressed and an oppressor. And race relations begin to get worse and worse. All of a sudden, you see the media is reporting on all these uh, shootings by police of unarmed black men, failing to report that the number of unarmed white men shot by police is four times that, even though that certain populations commit 50% of the crime. So this is all intentional. That's what I'm getting to. The whole point of this hour, this is intentional. And Yuri Bezmanov's interview outlines it Better than anything. But, you know, there's there's other sources. Like I mentioned, Norman Dodd talks about Charlotte Izzerbite. Check her out. I-S-E-R-B-Y-T. I'm James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed.